Welcome, everybody, to episode number 17 of the Hockey Toolkit. I am Trevor DiCarlo. I'm Andrew Trimble, and we're growing this podcast every single week. We currently now have Cindy Barron. She is my mother-in-law. She she followed us, Trev. No way. Yeah, we got Cindy Barron on board. Did, you know what? I've now got my uncle on board, too. I He doesn't know what the hell he's doing with this stuff. Yes. We are we're moving yes. up. So our family is starting leaps, to now accept us. Leaps and bounds. Leaps and bounds. <laughs> <laughs> I, they call, I think they call that um, a hockey stick. They call that hockey stick growth, right? Like you go from down and just shoot right up. I it, I I like the yeah like the Nike like we started off kind of like a little bit and then we went we just really sunk everybody was like all right this is gonna be garbage and then we just took off and then we never looked back nothing just pure it's because our social media is so strong it's because our it social media is on point <laughs> I see what he did there um that's a segue right there that's a right great there. segue yeah but uh, yeah I mean uh, today's episode. We get to that, we should yeah. talk. We should talk about the Stanley Cup final. Oh God, who? Uh, I'm going to be quite honest. So yeah, this past week uh, we are scheduling a day later than we usually do because uh, my uh, my just strong workaholic ass here was uh, out of town doing uh, training out in Indianapolis. So that I mean, if you want a vacation spot, that is the last place probably next to Cleveland, Ohio, I would would want to go to. So I do not recommend going to Indianapolis. There's nothing to do. Um, but uh, so yeah, I actually was out there. Um, it was not fun having to start the game at eight o'clock at night. Um, you know, but uh, yeah, <laughs> the Golden Knights there. They uh they they really made a they made a. Pretty, uh, that's what I'm looking for. Uh, I want to say maybe like, uh, they made, they made a it's statement me. like, okay. Yeah. I mean, they, there was just like no chance the Panthers, they had no, they didn't have Kachuk, but I don't think Kachuk's going to help prevent nine goals against, uh, in a Stanley Cup final, uh, decision, decision game. What are your thoughts, coach? Yeah. It's always crazy hearing like the, um, the, the, the injury report the day after the Stanley Cup final ends and you got Kachuk who he's out with. You know, broken sternum. You got three or four guys out with uh, significant, like other significant injuries. Ekblad himself had like four different injuries. I think actually he played played most of the series without his legs. I think he was yeah. he was a, he's a quadriplegic. I think um, almost yeah. So that 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 sets you back. <laughs> that hurts the power play when your number one defenseman's out. Yeah, he what broken foot, messed up both his shoulders. I thought I saw. Yeah, I mean he was and. Kachuk's was well. Ekblad was from the Bruins. I want a series. So you're talking about, you know, two more series ago, and then you've got uh, what Kachuk's was. I think his was from the the big hit that he took uh, from yeah. open ice. But you know what though, he never once bitched about it. Neither did the you know the Panthers themselves. They never complained about that hit, which was a great open ice hit. Yeah, where. For sure. Whereas if it was the other way around, it's like the Knights would have been like just bitching up a storm. But I mean, congratulations to the you know the uh, to the Las Vegas Kings, um, Kings. What am I talking? All right, let me redo that. Congratulations <laughs> to the Las Vegas Knights. Again, this is what happens when you stay in Indy too long. Um, and I was only there for two days. Imagine the people that live there. Um, and just like that, our entire listenership in Indiana just dropped. <laughs> Yeah, I checked. It wasn't that high, anyways. He spent, but, he, uh, he spent a week in Indiana one night. 
Yeah, exactly. That's all it was. <laughs> I was. It was like the old woman. It was like Rose in the Titanic. It was like 84 years ago. Anyhow, um, <laughs> yeah, I was like, Trevor, you were only gone for 10 minutes. Uh, yeah, so congrats to the Las Vegas Knights. It's definitely cool. Um, I did see that, uh, what was it, actually, a professional agent, uh, NHL pro agent, Alan Walsh, was kind of barking up a storm on Twitter earlier about the, the viewership being, you know, down significantly. And I, I know what he's doing it from his side because he's just trying to, you know, hit, actually his argument was because it really wasn't on any major network. Um, but I thought this was an exciting playoff series, though. Oh, I think the whole playoffs was really, really great. I think the level of hockey was spectacular. I thought that, uh, like we talked about in the earlier episode about these these other markets getting in, I think that's a positive for the league. Um, there was actually a, a reel or something I watched uh, by Dana White today, and he was talking about the NHL and their marketing. I saw and that too. You saw that, yeah, and how like uh, the use of video and um, I forget the actual like the terminology that he used, but. Um, I think that, you know, that segues nice into what our topic is. But I think that, you know, certainly with the NHL, the NHL is so fast. They're so skilled. There's such big hits. This this playoff, whole playoffs, um, you know, a comp, playoff tournament had some of the biggest hits I've, ever, I've seen in the last 10 years in playoff hockey. Um, I think I think we need to reevaluate as, as a league a little bit how we promote it within the league and really showcasing the talents of those players. I don't disagree. Uh, I mean, I saw exactly what you're talking about. I just saw it and I was like, okay, he's a little bit off his rocker, but um, no, I mean, they do. They they really need to step up their, you know, advertising and sell these young players and sell not just young players, but all players. I mean, again, you still have um, one of the best of all time and Sidney Crosby still playing. And while he's not the most probably entertaining guy in the world, still find a way to sell him. You know, Ovechkin, I'm sure, will do any commercial for anybody. You know, <clears throat> probably do it for free if it's something silly. Uh, I don't know, though. I'm not his uh, agent, so don't quote me on that. But, um, you know, like, you just got they got to do a better job. And, you know, before I, we could we've like had so many segues in our topic here. But before we hit that, I know you just got back from check. Uh, oh, yeah. so yeah. How did that go? It was great. It was, it was the travel, um, you know, airports are always tough, right? So we got kind of segues. I, I ended up fly, fly through Paris at one point to get onto another flight to, to oh, Prague. You didn't get stuck in Indianapolis. <laughs> that's, uh, that's true. But it was, um, once we got out there, it was a great event and, and Czech sports camps, uh, shout out to Daniel Cerny and Victor Lucas. Uh, they ran the, the showcase for us, and they did a tremendous job. We had on-ice practices. We had presentations. We had time in the gym. We had um, games. Uh, you had meetings with coaches that were like not just like a meat market like they did. Um, you, you do at some showcases, but this was really you know good feedback and information, and I thought that it was a spectacular event, and uh, I hope we can grow it in the future with our league because uh, the players we're going to get out of there were, were some top players for sure. And I think they'll make a big impact in the EHL next season. Well, yeah, I mean, I, again, I followed, uh, you know, of course, I follow you on pretty much every social media aspect. Of Thanks, area, buddy. So anytime, anything to boost our numbers up. But no, I mean, it was great to see. Uh, I mean, all the inf- the stuff that you were showing, especially, you know, the on ice portions, the, 
you know, you had your own action shots of being on the ice, talking to the kids and stuff, which is awesome. I, I wish I could hire my own personal photographer to follow me everywhere, but I can't, and it's probably good that I don't. But um, that uh, that being said, I mean, it was it looked like a lot of fun. Um, and it looks like you guys actually, based off of what I've been seeing, you guys signed a couple couple kids out of there. Yeah, and I, that's I always think you know there's two ways to look at if you're a junior hockey operator. Um, you know, I never take a win now mentality. I want to get the best players who have the highest ceilings in the program because you know if I if I can recruit an 06 or an 07 and he can end up being a kid who's going to be a Division One commitment, that leads to better com- commitments down the road. So, you know, we're going to come out with this thing with, with a bunch of bunch of 05s and 06 and 07 um, who I think are really high-end kids who have a lot of potential and can play um, some of the best leagues, I think, in North America down the road. They have the p- potential for that. So um, that's exciting. That's, I mean, again, that had to be an awesome experience. How much, uh, you know, again, as we are a kind of also a coaching uh, podcast. How much uh, like discussions did you have with uh, the coaches and the you know the hockey honchos over there? Like, like on just you know anything hockey related, like you know development practices or like not actual practice, but even maybe even practices, but like just their kind of like skill situations, like how they're teaching stuff or what they're teaching. Yeah, you know, I had to kind of kind of a mix of both. Like, I, I I'm always a person who likes to if I'm not. If I'm not running a practice, I, I jump on and move pucks for other people. So uh, so Victor and Daniel ran some practices. Uh, Cody Gagne, who coaches the Boston Junior Terriers, did some drills. And, and I, I moved their pucks for them. And, and then you take some things that you see what they're doing and how they're communicating with the kids and what drills are effective. And, you you know, you steal from some people that you really think are good coaches. And uh, I did a lot of that over the weekend. Um, we had a lot of discussions about players and what we think – we're good players for particular programs and, you know, roster construction. So, um, yeah, there was, there was definitely a good recruiting trip. It was a good, uh, it was a good trip for just, you know, being in a great part of the world, but also like for building those relationships with those, those coaches. I, I, I think that stuff is so valuable. Absolutely. What, uh, <clears throat> was there anything that really blew you away about the, you know, the kids on the ice or the hot, I mean, just the experience in general or. Um, no, not, not not too much. I mean, I think that uh, I think some of the players that you know you do see. So you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of high end skill kids in the Czech Republic. Like that's it's a skill based a lot with the ADM stuff. Like there's a lot of skilled kids, but then when you see that kid who competes really hard, or the kid who you know drives the net really hard and has simple habits and stops on the net and uh, is tough to play against, that kid sticks out. And you know, a lot of like like a, like a Matthew Kachuk, he had a great playoff for all those reasons. And I think we, we signed a kid like that um, who is going to be really, really tough to play against. So any kids who are listening to this, I'd say like when you go into a tryout or showcase or a combine, there's different ways to se- separate yourself. You can separate yourself with, you're going to be like a player who's got that high end skill and maybe stick out. But if all the kids are doing that, find your niche. And if you can be something else that sticks out, do that because that'll get you noticed. No, absolutely. That's uh, that's great advice, and uh, that's awesome that you guys were able to find some players out there that uh, are going to come over here back to the states and uh, definitely help your both. You know, the, the program not only now but also hopefully in the long run as well. Absolutely. But uh, you know, we want to obviously uh, 
like I said, I was able to follow you on social media, uh, your updates and all that stuff, and uh, kind of leads us into today's uh, topic, which is uh, social media, uh, especially amongst hockey teams. Um, we're kind of looking at it more from a broad base of a, you know, what what are teams doing social media wise, you know, what are for players, um, and not so much as like a do or don't. I mean, there will be some, I guess you could say, but um, it's not like one of those where we're looking to talk about like unearthing, you know, tweets or whatever type <laughs> stuff like from 15 years ago that'll get you just fired in general today. I had to cancel something right word. I get just fired, but um, <laughs> you know, what uh so for you again, you guys you again, I see a lot of stuff that you guys do um which I think is even more than a lot of what the teams are doing in not only the EHL but you know, the USPHL even the NA, like I see a lot of stuff that you guys are, you've been p- pumping out and what is your guys is, uh, you know, with the wolves, what do you guys do with, you know, for social media and how, who runs it, who operates it, all that fun stuff. Well, I, I run it and, um, you know, we have, we have a person who does the graphics for us and, um, we have another person who does videos for us. I kind of use that, that person, Tom Missert. Um, he does a couple of videos over the course of the year uh, to promote different things with our, our brand. But I find that um, consistency is key. So, um, you know, I want to make sure I pump out something every single day to keep our audience engaged. If I'm infrequent with my uh, content, then there's other things that are going to replace that content. So I want to stay actively engaged with, you know, marketing our programs and our players so that our audience can continually interact with that 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 marketplace. I mean that, and which is you know makes a lot of sense. And uh, now that it also explains why there's so much content of you in it, and not just you know more so the other coaches. You know, if you're running it, of course you're going to put yourself. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Hopefully, I don't do that too much. I, no, I, no. It, it, it's weird that it always ends with you and smiling at the camera, but it's uh, oh. you know it's one of those things. But no, I'm just kidding. Um, you know, again, I mean, social media, it's, as we've talked about before, it's really taken, I mean, I'm about to say it, it's really taken the world by storm. Uh, that would have been like 20 years ago, maybe. Um, but, you know, in the, in the scope of player, you know, as we just talked about bringing players into a club um, and bringing players, uh, not even players, but also just promoting your club in general. I mean, it's. It's one of those things where if you don't have it, you are putting yourself, you know, way behind the eight ball. I mean, you're you're behind the twelfth ball, you know, at that point. Sure, and you know whether you're a, a hockey club, an operator, uh, a player, or like a company that does like a skills based company or a hockey camp company, it's really important that you get your message out there, and you're the one that sets that. You know, you are the one that sets that. Um, you set the narrative, right? So if, if you if you let somebody else set the narrative because you're doing some old school methods like brochures or advertising in papers or magazines, uh, people can make opinions and say things about you that um, may not be what you want to get out there. So social media by it's basically free. And if you can promote the stuff you want to promote, the things that are important to you within your program, whatever program it may be, whatever type of platform it may be, uh, that's your opportunity. So seize that opportunity. Right. I mean, and again, you can spin anything any way you want. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I think that is definitely a game changer. It's, I'm starting to see it more at the out here in the Midwest, like the youth level. We're seeing more and more of that. I mean, I remember 
when I was running a club, that was one thing I really wanted us to do was, and it wasn't even social media, I guess, but it was just putting it on our website, like a video of like a, you know, the day in the life of our, you know, our program or, you know, and just have action shots, but also what we offer, what we do, this and that. And I'm sure somebody, it would have been great if people wanted to jump in on it, but uh, they didn't. That's their problem. But, uh, you know, one of those things where I think it's it's just something that's definitely almost a necessity nowadays. Um, and again, you don't want to be left behind. So I, I don't see why, you know, too many people don't. You know, that being said, you know, we you, you kind of touched on it a little bit. And I know it's something that we've kind of touched on. And I know it's something that I really touched on earlier this week about, uh, you know, skills coaches using social media. Um I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to put the name of anybody on there. Um, but what, uh, what is your, you, know, you and I both, we follow, you know, a lot of different skills coaches, um, you know, on Instagram, whatever, you know, even YouTube. Um, what are your thoughts on some of the, you know, the ways they've used social media? Well, I think that, you know, I follow all that stuff and, and sometimes I use it as a great resource to get some new drill ideas or new concepts. Um, but inevitably, like if, if you're coaching skills, if you're coaching like a skills program, um, what's the purpose of that? Okay, the purpose is to get kids excited about playing. And the thing that would excite me as a player is to see progression. So like going from one place to the next place. But oftentimes I see just a coach talking, right? Coach talking or describing it or giving feedback or something like that. And that doesn't really relay the message of where can I improve? Where can I get information from? Uh, what can I utilize to improve my game? It's just kind of like him showing off whatever. And and mm-hmm. I think that's kind of like you're really missing the boat. Like uh, most of the stuff that I show for scoring concepts is is stuff that like a kid doing the drill, um, a kid, you know, uh, performing some kind of task or obstacle, whatever it may be, because that's what kids want to see. The kids th- – I don't think they really want to see me doing something. Right. Um, they don't they want to hear us when we're at the ring anyway. So why are they yeah. going to want to hear us off the ring? You know? Yeah. And as our guest says, like they'll, if a kid has his own video of himself, well then he'll probably share that video. But if it's just me, who wants, I don't, I don't think they want to share me. And I, I, certainly I, I do like host a, a wolves talk show and stuff like that. But um, when I, when I do stuff, I want to show highlights of goals and of clips of players because that's the stuff that's going to get shared. And that's the stuff that shows player improvement which if you're improving every player, that's the essence of skill development. So I think those things go hand in hand. What are your thoughts, Trevor? I mean, and the the one that was in question was more or less a a YouTube short, which is now going to be more or less your like Instagram story that YouTube's going to try and use or has been using. But it was a co- of a coach. Um, actually, it wasn't even sure. It was a one-minute video talking about how, you know, never use the backhand. Um, never use it, you know, always open up on your, you know, offhand, you know, off wing side and open up to make that forehand pass. And as you and I both, you know, sat there and talked about like one with, with how the guy is with all of his videos, you know, he's probably the type of guy that charges you to like take a picture with him. Um, (laughs) but outside of that, I mean, it, it was, I didn't think it was, it's not an appropriate thing to teach. And I, that's one thing I know when we get to our myths, that's, I mean, my biggest myth, but you know, I think we're missing a lot, missing out on, we've got a lot of information and here's somebody who's got professional videos, professional sound. Like you can tell he's mic'd up. He's, I mean, it looks good. Um, but he's telling kids, you know, 
don't don't make a backhand pass. Don't make you know, you've got kids that are watching and you're sitting here using, you know, some pretty heavy words such as don't. Like don't don't do this, don't do that. And it's like why? Uh, why wouldn't you? And it was relative to the backhand. Like, don't make a backhand pass. Open up. And then it's like, so now you've got kids who, who are not being coached on their own uh, at that time, seeing this. And to me, it's like, well, now they're gonna not be like, oh, well, this guy said, don't ever use my backhand. I don't need to worry about it. Where you and I, and almost most of the intelligent hockey community, know that the backhand is one of the most underutilized skills taught and one of the most underutilized skills used. And, you know, when I am hearing this and I'm seeing this, I'm just like, what the, what are you doing, man? Like you're, you're ruining kids like development by saying that stuff. And, but kids eat this stuff up. So, I mean, I think there's good and bad of the social media aspect of it, but here's a, you know, a skills coach and he's promoting his, all these camps that he's going all across the globe to do. And he's giving out advice that I would never give out. And it's not like the kids, you know, I know one person said, Oh, well, you know, that's a young group, young kids. And you know, they're, you know, they, they may not be strong enough. So maybe that was his whole point. And I'm like, a, first of all, I don't care. Uh, not like I, care for your opinion, but I don't care. I don't believe that that's, it matters of the age there. Um, but two, it's, it, you know, it's still, you're not teaching the kids what they need to know. And you're using absolutes, as you said, um, you know, in our discussion. So I wasn't, and again, here's somebody who is, you know, kind of propped up as somebody important, um, or, you know, somebody who knows what they're talking about. I've seen it with a few others and I'm not going to name any people's names, but I've seen them on social media where I'm just like, okay, they're going with the same shit ad nauseum. Like, all right, let it go, bud. Um, and it's just like, why? Like, this is not, so I think we all need to be careful, I think. And what, um, you know, just like in anything with social media, we've got to be careful with what kind of information is going out there. But I know I just rambled on. That's my, you know, my soapbox for this week. Uh, I agree but. with you, though. And I think that, like, as we talked about in an earlier episode, kids are incredibly literal. You know, so you if you say don't do this or do this, that they get that wired in their brain and they think that's 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 the literal interpretation of what they need or need not do. Um, so I think it's you got to avoid that kind of language. Anytime you use those uh, absolute generalities don't ever do this don't ever do this um you're gonna kind of put yourself in a situation where you're like stifling creativity you know like um gretzky did some crazy things out there that, that <laughs> when he when he started to do them they were like well that's never been done before well then he also almost put up three thousand points in the national hockey right, right. i mean like you know those kind of like don't ever stifle a kid's creativity they're gonna make mistakes as they go along um, and you can coach them up. You can teach them some things that maybe you could have tried this better. Or maybe you could have done this. Maybe you could have, that would have been better utilized with this kind of support or this kind of situation, but avoid just blanket statements. Cause I think that's really unhealthy. And if you want to talk about backhands I and mean, you mentioned Sidney Crosby earlier, that oh, guy yeah. can score anywhere in the offensive zone with his backhand. He has the best backhand probably still in the national hockey league. Um, probably one of the best ever. Yeah. So, you got, you got two sides of a stick. Right. Exactly. And he, yeah, I mean, he. It's not field that, hockey. No. And there's some that say that he shoots almost damn near as hard as he does on his forehand or backhand as he does on his forehand. Like he's actually given up some of the curve on his forehand 
so just to continue to make his uh, backhand stronger, but I mean, I digress on that. I, I agree. I think the problem is that I've seen a lot of this person's videos, and they do use a lot of those absolutes. Do this. Don't do that. And again, it's not like I think point earlier I was trying to say was like, you know, I could understand. I, I couldn't understand that if it was younger kids, like, because you still need to teach it. But these kids didn't look like they were like, you know, mites. Like, they didn't look like they were 9 or 10. I mean, they looked like they were probably late peewees, early bantam ages where this is where, you know, you're in that golden, you know, golden age of skill development. And if you're not having, you're not teaching kids how to use a backhand pass and you're telling them like, oh, no, you can't do it. You got to do this. Every, like, you're ruining them, I think. And I, you know, their potential to develop. I think it's if he was used and he used the wording, wording differently and said, here is an option to use if you can't use your backhand, boom. I think that changes the whole dynamic of the video. But again, when you say do not use, and you and I, again, know, just being so literal with that stuff, kids are like, well, shit, I don't have to use my backhand anymore. Screw Coach Trevor. I'm never going to do that again, you know, because this, you know, because Joe's, you know, YouTube star here, he's telling me I don't have to. So... And who am I going to believe? The guy who's on YouTube or, you know, the, the coach who, you know, sends his emails on Yahoo, you know, like to our parents, you know. I but. agree. And, you know, I think that anytime you're a coach and just, you know, starting out, um, you know, I, I work with a guy, Oak Tri Armigan in New Jersey. Uh, he's a couple of years older than me. Uh, he's now on a skills coach in the North American League in the USHL with Youngstown. Um, and he's a great coach, great coach. And Sometimes it's not exactly what he's saying, but how he's saying it and how he's right. demonstrating it. And it's because he has defined his voice. He's found what works for him and what's true to himself. And I think that authenticity really matters as a coach. Uh, you know, you look at guys in the NHL, you look at John Cooper and people say, like, what makes John Cooper such a great coach? And it's like, well, his honesty and how he communicates with players because he knows who he is. And right. And that's he's a lawyer. Weird. <laughs> he's a lawyer yeah i mean he knows how to get the most out of his guys because the guys trust what he's saying and trust the person that he is so i would say that you know if you're a young coach and you're watching a lot of these videos don't just emulate what you're seeing take it as in, in his information but then interpret it within your own voice because that's really important because you know if you try to emulate somebody else you're not being true to yourself and kids see through that stuff Absolutely. And they've probably heard it from the other person. So like, oh yeah, so Coach Trevor got it from Coach uh, YouTube Pro over here. He's he's a, he's a phony. But, uh, <laughs> but again, I mean, you know, to go back to uh, social media in general, um, you know, just in a general broad scope of everything, uh, as we've said, it, you know, it, it can be a real detriment if you don't have it for your club. Um, and, you know, it can be something that really sets you, yourselves apart. Now on, uh, you know, with our today's interview, um, we brought in somebody who's been using it to really help set clubs and programs apart. Absolutely, we have Brittany Hart. She is a uh, one of the one of the social media directors for Neutral Zone. She's worked with the USPHL. She's worked with the EHL, and now she's currently with Level Hockey. It's one of the largest youth organizations here on the East Coast, and she does a fantastic job. We'll turn it over to that interview with Brittany Hart right now. <laughs> All right, welcome to the podcast, Brittany Hart. Brittany has experience uh, working with a number of the junior leagues here on the East Coast, the EHL, the USPHL. She currently works with Level Hockey as their social media director, and she does a tremendous job in promoting the program she's involved with. Welcome, Brittany Hart. 
Thank you. It's nice to be here. Now, I got a couple questions I want to ask you because, you know, you really have such a great grasp of social media, marketing, advertising, and growing programs. Uh, what do you think, you know, if you were starting a program from scratch and you were building a social media platform, what are some of the places you would start? So first, I would kind of start by knowing who exactly is in the program and kind of following, you know, our ge demographic and general audience of players, whether that be the older players, whether it's like U16, U18, or the parents, because now I've noticed a lot of parents are actually on Instagram or like Facebook obviously is more so parent, you know, centered. Instagram is more so I find like the players, like the midget level players, um, but then some parents also now are on Instagram too, which I kind of find be kind of fun. Um, and then I feel like for Twitter, it's kind of like a mix. Twitter's kind of like, I feel like dying, one could say, um, but I do find that a lot of parents tend to be on it and then also just different coaches as well. Um, so, you know, if I'm going to be trying to promote an event that we're running at like level arena Twitter is kind of a good place because a lot of coaches are able to see it. So if we're running a summer tournament, you know, trying to blast that out to as many coaches as we can to get them in the building. That's great. I, I kind of found the same thing too. When I first started to really uh, do some, do a lot of like get heavily more involved with the wolf stuff. And, and you were certainly, you helped a lot with that for sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> I found that, I found that Twitter was like, more like a business oriented thing where you get some feedback from other people in businesses and then definitely Instagram right. is great for kids. And the Facebook was like the dinosaurs, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Facebook is definitely for the parents. Now it's like kids don't even have it. Like, it's crazy to me because I grew up on Facebook. I'll go on it now. And it's like 12 years ago today, you posted this. I'm like, that's terrifying. Um, but kids now they're like, they're like, why would I have a Facebook? That's for moms. I'm like, all right, well, yes. fine. Then I will post things for your parents to see. <laughs> now, you know, Trevor and I are going to discuss, you know, on our, on our segment, a lot about the do's and don'ts and the things we've seen that has been both positive and negative in programs. Uh, now you, kind of created in your head kind of the building of a great program using social media. What are things to avoid for programs with regards to social media? What kind of things that would be negative things that they would promote or things that they shouldn't do? For me, especially like for our um, youth programs, we do have some teams that are like really dominant and like, you know, win by a large margin pretty much like every game. So promoting like the scores for that kind of stuff to me, it's just like, there's no point in it. We don't need to bring other programs down. You can promote that your teams are winning and things like that. But incorporating scores when it's that large of a margin is just like completely unnecessary. And I've also seen on this, I find on Twitter sometimes where teams will subtweet other teams and it kind of creates a bad look for the teams and like the league overall. So I find it to just, you know, post the facts, nothing more. You don't really need to, you know, create a story in terms of game scores and things like that. Uh, so that's one thing that I found is just keep it, you know, factual when talking about games and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, you, you bring up something. I remember when there was a divide in the junior leagues here on the East coast about six, seven years ago, uh, there was a lot of Twitter, just frenzies going, going on. Sometimes on a, you know, on a Friday night, you know, maybe about nine o'clock, it would get to be like in yeah. New Hampshire, everybody was on their Twitter. And I thought, like, right. <laughs> I'd like to watch, but I don't really want to be involved. Right. It is kind of entertaining. But at the same time, I 
that's not for me. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, looking forward, where do you see this all trending in the in the future? Uh, you know, we see a lot of skills coaches promoting their businesses on on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Where do you see the future of social media, in your opinion, with regards to youth hockey? For youth hockey, I think it's going to be easier to kind of one promote your players to events such as like CCM 68, right? So they take the 68 best in this or this year it's 2009s. But so if you're able to promote those players that are being selected for like those kind of tournaments, again, it's like the top 68 kids in the country, that's going to be easier to do with a social media presence where you're able to, you know, blast out highlights or just scores, you know, for those players, those players who are trying to get to the next level. Um, so that's kind of like the older side of youth. But then also you kind of see now that kids are moving to play youth hockey. So if you are able to, again, create a social media presence and kind of brand yourself as, you know, you can come here and this is what you'll get by playing for our program. Um, I've definitely seen some kids come over to level um, just because they know our program is successful. And that obviously helps when they're able to kind of see your content on social media, that's what parents are seeing. They'll go, you know, on the explore page on Instagram and, Oh, look, there's, you know, our 2015 elite team winning the E9 or something like that. Um, but I think it's definitely going to be easier to get players in, especially at the youth level and kind of create, you know, a powerhouse team when you have parents who are able to find your, you know, content um, easily. That's a great point. I mean, if you go back, you know, rewind 10 years ago and, uh, you know, you had to put that stuff on your website and you just hope that somebody would view your website. You go back right. 15 years before that, you know, you would hope that you'd be in some kind of regional publication or USA Hockey Magazine and that could spark the interest of, of, a, of a parent or player. But now it's everybody's, you know, right in their fingertips, right in their phone. They can see the information that you're providing about your program and it can make a big impact upon what their decision making will be for whether they're going to play hockey. So that's, I think that's, dead on accurate. I mean, Absolutely. do you remember when we used to have to send smoke signals out just to let everybody know about our programs? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I live in the, I live in the woods in New Hampshire, so I make a lot of fires. That's a dead so joke. Right. Sorry. You, you live you do live in the middle of the woods. <laughs> Trevor, what do you got for Brittany? Brittany, how did you uh I mean again, this is definitely all awesome information. How did you get started doing this for, you know, junior hockey clubs? So my senior year of college, I needed a internship to graduate. Um, and I was going to school for sports communications. Um, so I actually just had friends who were playing for the Walpole Express at the time. Um, and I saw that they needed a social media intern. So I actually, uh, the contact for that position was Neil. So I emailed Neil Raven. And then the, uh. the next season, so in August, I started with just Walpole. And I was doing some league stuff that season. And then it kind of just took off from there. And what, uh, who are some of the leagues that you are, or teams in itself that you're working for right now? So right now I'm just doing level hockey. And then I was also um, contracted by the USPHL last year to do, um, so I did a few events for them. I did an outdoor game in Charlotte last year. And then I did a few showcases at Cyclones Arena um, up in Hudson. And then I did a showcase in Detroit as well. Um, and then I also work like their finals and stuff. So some of the teams like the South Shore Kings, I would do a little bit of stuff for them too here and there. And then when I was down on Long Island for the finals, I did stuff for um, PAL and then the Kings as well. And then I guess, yeah, I mean, really it's, I mean, that's all 
again, fantastic. And I'm sure I actually had family at the Raleigh game. So, or not Raleigh, but down in Carolina for that. And they said it was awesome. Um, oh my gosh, it was so fun. <laughs> what, um, how much of your, the social media aspect of it is, are you involved in with more like video or audio, like audio? Or both. So I kind of do all the pictures. So all like the in-game photos for all of Level Hockey. So we have six youth organizations. So I do the photos for all six. Um, And then I make the graphics for our social media accounts as well. Um, I haven't really done that much video in terms of youth stuff. But then when I was with the EHL, I was doing a lot of sit-down videos, like filming league recaps and then doing my little Brits commits segment. Remember that? Oh, I loved it. <laughs> that was unbelievable. I'm not I got to be honest. I got to be honest. I love our guys doing it now, and I, I'm, a, I'm a big supporter. But, no. Brittany, she she brought the bite. She, like, would like, come out there and she oh, yeah. throw some haymakers on, on the podcast. <laughs> and uh, Okay, watch yeah. Out. I actually probably shouldn't be, like, don't be unprofessional because I literally <laughs> would take shots at people on the EHL podcast. So I'm kind of being a hypocrite, <laughs> but it's fine. Live and learn, right? At least I was only representing my own thoughts, not a team. So, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> well, you, last thing I'm going to leave you with, Brittany. Uh, I'm going to ask you one last question. Um, if you had to like give a word of advice to a program operator or a hockey director, uh, and they're starting from scratch, and they want to mm-hmm. build, you know, a great platform, they want to build a great organization. They have all the the tools, and they have all the resources. They have a great rank. They have the right leagues. What would you say to like their starting point into social media? What would you say to them? What words of advice? My thing that I have found to be the most successful is honestly game photos and game video content. That's going to take off astronomically. I feel like just compared to like a game day graphic or something when you're posting game footage and game photos all the players are reposting that and then their friends are reposting it and the parents are reposting it so it just gets blasted out to a wider audience rather than like i said like a game day post or something like that um and then honestly just promoting your players as much as you can because people notice it and people see it whether it's coaches at the next level or just like teams in your own league or division or something like that as much publicity as you can get for your players the better because they said the better exposure it's going to be uh, for them to get to the next level or you know wherever they're trying to go that's great information uh, Brittany thank you so much for joining us today on the hockey toolkit and we wish you a ton of success this season with Level Hockey and all their their programs they got under that roof. Thanks for coming on. Thank you, and good luck to you guys. Thanks. All right, Trevor. So, what are, what are some of the things that uh, Brittany unlocked for you? What what kind of stuff that really kind of struck a chord with you? Well, I mean, again, thank you, Brittany, for coming on and uh, definitely providing that information. Um. You know, we we said it earlier in uh, the podcast, but I mean, she highlighted it and she's kind of what started the whole discussion there. Um, You know, it's really great to have it to be, you know, the player focused. I mean, in the sense of like, get those kids out there, like, you know, promoting them. And then in turn, they're going to promote themselves, which is basically doing the work is like doing free work for yourself because as in like yourself as the club, because they're promoting the players that are in within your club and people are going to see that whether it's current uh, players or families. 
whether it's prospective players and families, whether it's, you know, even down the line, you know, I mean, you never know who's watching these things. Um, so, I mean, you never know what good you can get out of it. Um, in the sense of, you know, maybe it's a business opportunity. Maybe, Hey, someone's like, Hey man, this video, this is great. You know, I, I would love for my company's logo to be, you know, in the background of that rank or somewhere, whatever. I mean, so I think it's a, she made, you know, a great point was that just, you know, it's great for the kids. And, and then on the other side is let it do the work on its own. You know, it, it's going to do so much for you guys. So, I mean, <clears throat> I took a lot of good information out of that stuff that I wish, you know, when I was running the program, we would have done more of. Um, but what about yourself, coach? What, what did you uh, really enjoy and like got out of that one? Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, I always want to find ways that um, can grow our audience and, and make it more marketable for, for our, our athletes. And uh, I think she mentioned something about, you know, the videos being really important about player, player centric videos. And um, you know, we instead have a great, of, instead of your, of you being in every video. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> instead of, yeah. And, well, we're know, never going to see you in a video again. And just, I'm gonna, you're going to take this to heart, but I'm just kidding. There's I'm going like, to wear a mask. Next time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like one of those like guys from, uh, what is that movie? When they jump out of the airplanes. Uh, oh, what, Point Blank or Point Blank? Uh, was that what it was? Point Break. Point Break. Point Break. Okay, I was I'm, right. I'm going to okay. put on my Ronald Reagan mask next, <laughs> next one. <laughs> and then the next episode, I'll be Richard Nixon. <laughs> I'm still going to be in your head, though. <laughs> <laughs> but, but uh, you know, I think that, that, that that's really great information because the kids will share that content. And, um, you know, we have a great video guy who does our stuff, Tom Misser. And he does a lot of stuff up at Gunstock Mountain, which is a ski resort that's in our town. And um, he, you know, really does a great job of like highlighting the best aspects of the game, whether it's big hits, big goals, big celebrations, stuff that can really, you know, get interactive with 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 what what uh, we're trying to promote. And I think that really, as an organization, if you're trying to, you know, create a community. You have to do that. You have to like have have a community of followers who like, you know, a parent will tune in on Facebook because they can maybe see their kid mentioned. Instagram, you'll have friends tune in because maybe they can see their buddy mentioned. Twitter, yep. they'll tune in because uh, maybe it's a business opportunity, like you said. So um, if you're, you're if you're not doing it, you're missing out. No, absolutely. And I, I did find it funny how she had said, you know, Facebook's now more for the, the older folks. And I like, I, that one was like a dagger. Cause I was just like, Oh, like, oh, yeah. great. I don't use Facebook that really, I like, I probably have an account, but I don't use it. Um, but I found that funny because I was like, well, yeah, I mean, when I was 19, that's when Facebook really took off. And now all of a sudden, I mean, it is true. Like, the, I guess the kids that I coach, probably their parents are my age. But, yeah, I mean, it's – You didn't mention MySpace, though. I Oh, man. I don't even know. I don't even know if I would have <laughs> – yeah. I, I, God, those were the days. Um, <laughs> thanks, Tom. Um, but uh, – <laughs> Good reference. I, I know. forgot the guy's name. It's a yeah. basic name. That's funny. He's friends with everybody. Um, you know, but, uh, so I thought it was great. I thought it was very informative there. Um, and again, you, you have to, I think in today's, you know, day and age, you've got to hit every medium that you can with social media, whether that is Twitter, that's YouTube, that's, um, Facebook, that's, uh, let's see what else have I been missing here. Instagram, whether that's TikTok. I mean, I don't, 
I don't have TikTok. That's like the one where I've like cut, I've like drawn my line in the sand. Like I am not crossing into this because I just know it like destroys people's lives with how much they're on it. But uh, I mean, you got. I'm sure there's plenty of teams that have TikTok. So. Um, do the yeah. wolves have a TikTok? No, I, I joined it. I did about about six months ago, but I don't know how to utilize it. So, um, that's if, how you know we're getting old. Where we just I don't know. Even know how. Like, if if I could figure out how to utilize it and where where to utilize it, maybe that you know somebody uh, who's listening to this podcast shoot me a, a message how to utilize it. I know it's got a algorithm that uh, you know the Chinese government can follow me and. Uh, uh, access my access my my phone and all that stuff, but <laughs> I don't. I mean, I got nothing to hide. I'm okay. They were able to infiltrate America through a junior hockey coach's yeah. phone. Was <laughs> living in the boondocks of New Hampshire. Yeah. 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 They got a free meal at Cactus Jacks in downtown Laconia. There you go. <laughs> but no, it was uh, like I said. I mean, it, it's very informative. Um, you know, I love how that. Uh, you know, that's kind of what she's she's taken it and she's run with it and uh, I mean she got she had to have gotten in right at the right time because I feel like almost nowadays most clubs have some type of social media manager um, especially with the juniors pro levels Um, and the ones that don't they're just way too far I mean they're behind and they need uh, well I'm not going to tell them that they need to figure it out because then that, that would that would be helping them and uh, hurting you guys that are the smart ones and are actually keeping up. So, well, what do we got for our five minutes today, Trevor? I know we got five minutes of social media, but um, I think we have a pretty good dialogue with it regarding some of the things we've seen positively and negatively uh, on social media. So yeah, obviously. Uh, so today's five minutes was just kind of on social media as a whole, um, and again, it's not. Uh, Anyone, we're not really picking out any one general area or specific, you know, medium that we can use. It's just more or less five minutes of social media. Yeah. Um, and uh, I got, I grabbed the long straw today. So you're up uh, first here, coach. All right. Number one. Uh, and this really came out about, you know, I think everything started with that Patrick Kane. Kane was it a Bauer video where yeah. he was stick handling through like, know 80 100 pucks and people were like holy crap this guy's skill his hands are sick um but then soon thereafter every skill coach wanted to create an elaborate scheme on the ice in which they had a stick handle through and i saw videos for like five years of either a coach or one player head down stick handling through eight thousand obstacles and i thought to myself and this is our myth number one the more elaborate the drill the better and I couldn't disagree more that sometimes simple drills are the ideal drill to improve a specific skill. If you're focused on this elaborate drill, maybe you're missing some of the important critical components of improving your game. When you're, when you're stick handling, your head should be up. Right. When you're skating, uh, you should be taking long strides, not right. short little choppy strides to avoid some kind of little obstacle. Uh, you need to learn how to pick up pucks off the wall. There's no obstacle other than the wall in those types of situations. Um, you know, we talked uh, last week to um, Mike King. He talks about you know wall play, how important that is at the NHL level. So that's a pretty boring drill, picking up pucks off the wall and keeping your feet moving and getting your head up to avoid a defender. It's a basic drill. It's pretty boring, but it's used a thousand times a game. So right. the more elaborate the drill isn't doesn't make it better. 
No, and <clears throat> you know, as you said, it's not a sexy looking drill where the guys or the players jump in and does a three sixty over like a bunch of pylons, and there, <laughs> and then the coach goes and tells me, "Oh, they're they're using their edges. They're you know they're real." I'm like, "Yeah, whatever." It's just no, you're doing this because you want somebody to stop and be like, "Oh, this is the coolest thing ever." Um, I, again, I we uh, we hit on the same spots of agreeing here with uh, you know it, it doesn't have to be that elaborate, um, you know, and sometimes. You know, the the videos that I've really enjoyed was when Daryl Belfer used to put his videos on, um, you know, on YouTube. This was, God, probably like 10, 12 years ago when he was working with the pros. And you look at the drills and they're not anything special. Uh, they're not, you know, there's he, he, basically he's using himself as the constraint in the video, whether it's putting slight pressure on somebody or something. And that's it. Like it, he doesn't have all those, you know, toys and you know all this other shit out there that you see all, a a lot of skill coaches use um, nowadays. It's it's just basically kind of mimicking game scenarios and kind of the options that you want to be using and just reinforcing the the main points, as you said, getting your head up, you know, scanning the ice. Um, you, you hit it on the head when you said, you know, wall play, like picking the puck off the wall is one of the most is an is a skill on itself, and it's very underutilized. And what do you see most of the time? Most most time you see a coach making the pass. Like I, I love it when I go through and I see a skills video. And again, I've taken drills from those. Um, Definitely, you know the good ones. Um, but uh, like I love it when I see the players making the pass. I don't need to see the skills coach making a pass. Now again, if it's just one on one, obviously someone has to make the pass and. You know, the ghost of Gordy Howe is not out there doing it for him. But uh, <laughs> so, again, I, I agree that, uh, you know, it doesn't need to be elaborate. It doesn't need to be crazy. And again, sometimes just it, it should be, you know, just doesn't have to be too crazy out, out of the realm. And you don't need all the flash, you know, sometimes less is more. Definitely. Um, what do you uh, got for number two, Trevor? Uh, so number two, this kind of falls back into our previous topic, our discussion, um, you know, the more followers means, you know, the, the more reputable they are, you know, the, the more informed they are. And actually this came out of that tweet that I posted um, where, you know, somebody uh, did say like, oh, yeah, well, just, you know, what what makes this person popular? And, you know, they were right. I mean, I, I put down just because of the views and the type of content they're putting out. I mean, people mistaken that for popularity, for you know, oh, like this, they, they mean something because they've got this many followers. I mean, you, you and I see it all the time on Twitter. I mean, our followers, both of us were under, and I'm not saying we're reputable. I, I would think <laughs> we've got some good information, but we're both under, we're both under a thousand people. Like, okay. But we've seen, you know, some of these accounts that have like 17,000, 18,000, and they, they could be some of the dumbest. They could write some of the dumbest shit we've ever read in our entire lives. I just looked at one that was, and again, that's not skills, but a Blackhawks social media account for a group, you know, you know, I think it's like Blackhawks and up or whatever. And they're like, who would you rather have, you know, Connor McDavid and no Stanley Cups, uh, you know, or Jack Eichel. And I'm like, uh, I'd still probably take McDavid, you know, I mean, <laughs> I, I, don't get me wrong. I mean, I, it's not either one's going to work, you know, but you know, oh, because Eichel's one for one in the Stanley Cup Finals. Like, okay, well, it takes a team, like that type of for stuff. Sure. Like, that's a reputable. Is that going to be literally a reputable? So, I, I think people just need to make sure that you're looking really at the content that's being put out there. Um, and again, we go back to the previous one where it was like, oh, you know, 
don't make backhand passes. Don't like, why are you telling kids not to use a skill that is already underutilized and underused? Like you've basically now turned them off from it. And in a game, you know, who knows what's going to go through their head. So, um, I think it's really look at the content more so than, you know, what, how many followers they have, how many this and that. I mean, we've had some crazy ex presidents that had a ton of followers, you know, and, uh, you know, whatever, but, uh, that's neither here nor there. So that's kind of where I'm at on that one. Yeah. You know, we, and we've had Dave Starman on, on, on the, on the podcast and Dave puts out some great content either on certain sites or, uh, on his own social media and you know he doesn't have a million followers he obviously is a is a recognized voice but um he's not producing that same level of like sophisticated content that some other these big companies are but but it's good content um Absolutely. and i you know i think you know we got an upcoming podcast with with, with a great uh podcast voice uh i think the hockey think tank does some great stuff I, I love i love following their stuff and i think they use a lot of game footage and Topher will voice over what's going on and and it's I've actually shown that to my teams before, especially with you know he had a great clip on Patrick Maroon and and wall play, and uh, you know that's great stuff. I think and I use the same exact one. <laughs> yeah, and, and it, yeah, and he doesn't have a million followers, but it's good content, and I'd rather have quality rather than quantity. No, exactly. So, what do you got for number three, Coach? <laughs> the focus should be on the coach. <laughs> what do you mean? I all the time. I, I you know, it's like. I, I see that you know. Let's say you, you got a you got a diet a diet. Um, you're selling a diet pill, right? Yep. Usually they have the before and they'll have the after, right? <laughs> they don't just have the after with the ripped up guy who's like uh, or like the jacked up chick. That sometimes happens, but like you know, if you're right. looking to lose weight, you want the before and the after, right? So I'd rather see a video of a kid executing a drill where he struggles with it and maybe make some improvements or kids that are falling down and trying different things, but look actively engaged in the drill or they're having fun at their camp or clinic or whatever it may be. So you see the level of um, engagement going on rather than just the coach, just, you know, running his mouth and, 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 you know, shooting off some information. <laughs> if, if you're doing, if you're coaching hockey kids, if you're coaching hockey players, the focus should be on the players. Right. No, and again, when you've, uh, you know, in the hockey planner, when you've shown some of the drills that you use, I mean, you, you use the players. I don't, I'm not watching coaches who can probably 90% of those drills do them better than the players at that time. Um, like, I, that's not what we're here to see. We, we want to see what the actual, what it's going to look like. And you know what? No offense to any of the players, but it's not always going to look pretty. We're not expecting you to. If it was going to look pretty every single time, there weren't, why the hell are we doing it? Um, you know, so it's more or less, yeah, get you out of that comfort zone, get you to do um, those things. And again, I don't need to see a coach do it. Like, unless the coach is, you know, diagramming the drill, like, or, or like really showing it, but you can find players that do it. You can find it. And I think that that resonates more because I would rather see, you know, a coach explaining it fine, but I'd rather hear the see the player doing it themselves. So, I mean, I don't disagree on that front. Um Number four is that, uh, you know, is um, quantity over quality. And, you know, I, I'm not a big, I think that, again, social media, like, you know, the attention span we talked about last week as well, Coach, you know, King, like, it's short. Like, you know, you've got so much time with these kids. 
Um, and even as a, as an adult, like if I'm not getting anything out of a, something within like the first 15, 20 seconds, like I'm like, okay, what am I doing here? Like I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. Um, you know, so I, I think it's important that any type of videos that we're putting out, whether it's highlight packages, whether it's, you know, you know, teaching for players, you know, with some of these skills coaches or regular coaches, like I want to make sure that it's, it's quality and it's just not something that, well, I threw it together in two seconds. Like at least it's something and it keeps like the record, like it keeps it going. Like this is not like Snapchat streaks or something where you're just trying to keep shit going. You know, it's let the, you know, let put out the quality stuff. And I think that really says a lot because I would rather miss you know, not see something from somebody for three days and then get something that's really powerful, really. Like, I think, again, not like saying when I say powerful, it makes it sound like, oh my God, it's going to change their lives forever, which maybe, hey, maybe, maybe there's stuff out there that is, but um, I'm not seeing it. Uh, that being said, you know, quality wise, just make sure it's something that, you know, you're, you've got my, you've got my eyeballs and my attention for so much time. Make sure it's good. Because again, if it's not, I think you're pumping out just stuff just to pump stuff out. Eventually I'm going to notice that and I'm going to, you're going to lose my interest. And I think you're going to lose, especially kids. If that's who you're gearing your stuff towards, you're going to eventually lose their interest too. Yeah. I think it's, it's, it's hard to bring a p- person into your audience, but it's easy to lose them. Yeah. It's really easy to lose them. And if you're producing uh poor content that, doesn't really show a, a lot of value, then they're going to walk out the door and probably not look back. No, no, definitely. All right, coach. Uh, what do you got for num- number five here? Number five is that you have to be specific in your videos. You know, we see a lot of, a lot of content of, of people like drilling down into these deep dives on things. And sometimes they'll, you know, I, I've seen a lot of videos when they first started coming out on YouTube that were, you know, one drill that was explained for nine, 10, 12 minutes. And it's like, that's a long way to go through. And I'm kind of, you know, I want to get to the, get to the meat of the video. So you kind of skip forward sometimes on those things, but um, you know, you can sum things up pretty quickly if you need to. And I think most things, most times people can sum things up in a fit that, like you talked about earlier, 15, 30, 45 seconds, but definitely under one minute. And it doesn't always have to be every single detail. You know, when I'm doing a practice, when I'm doing a, let's say I'm running a drill on the ice, um, I'll diagram it on the board. And if the first kid messes up, that's okay. The second kid messes up, that's okay. We can let the, the drill materialize a little bit. I can talk to a kid in line and say, hey, the drill is actually supposed to do this. Or the next kid, hey, we're supposed to do this. But let it, let it, let it brew for a little bit. Let it stew in the pot a little bit. And if you, but if if it's really messing up, blow the whistle, bring them in, give them 20 seconds of instruction and let them go back at at it. Um, When you get so specific and drill down so deep to, uh, you know, where you're, where you're having kids sit on the ice for five, six, seven minutes, because you're, you know, expounding on about something, you'll lose them and and they don't even know what you're talking about. So uh, keep things short, keep things sweet uh, and also keep things engaging and fun. No, I agree. I mean, it's one of those, especially one of those things where you, we've I've said it before, you know, ice is most expensive thing as a parent or a coach, whatever we're going to ever pay for. Um, so why, why would someone want to use that amount of time or the time they have sitting there talking when you can do that off the ice? So you no, know, your, your videos, your, your, you know, anything like that, you know, keep it short, get to the point. Um, 
And again, if you're making, you know, you're a skills coach or you're anyone, you're you're putting something out there, you know, keep it short. And if you feel like there's more information that needs to be added, put it in the notes, put it in the description. Like you can also add this or you can progress to this or you could do that. Or, hey, guess what? Now make another video of the progression of that drill or whatever. Instead of making it a whole, you know, 10 minute video with five different stages, well, go two minutes every one. You know what? That's going to keep me interested. I'm not going to have to watch you know, number four and five, if I'm only on stage one, you know, that's all I need. So I, I think from that, yeah, from that, you know, standpoint, of course, I think that's, uh, you know, keep it short, keep it, keep it to the point, you know, less is more. Um, as one of my buddies, you know, continually says, uh, you know, less is more. Um, so I, I like that. And again, you know, your videos, especially if we're talking about social media for teams, um, online, you know, anything you know player highlights if unless you're doing like a long form like hey two two and a half minute video like a recruiting video um you know i I don't need to see like the same 10 different things you know and for two minutes straight you're gonna lose me after about the first 30 seconds after that so i mean unless i'm watching two people like you know play you know fist to face like then okay then i might (laughs) then it might be good but outside of that yeah so short you know time time does make it makes a difference in how much we're going to retain and how much we want to continue to use that. So, um, you know, as we talked about before, you know, Topher, um, using the, the, uh, the think tank, you know, his videos are not extremely long. Um, I've talked about it before, like with Mitch Jaguar, who I've used, uh, quite, quite a bit, uh, to get video to use to show to my teams. Like his videos are no more than like a minute, two minutes tops. Um, and, and they're, Here's what you need to see. Here's what you need to know. And if I need to expound on it or I see something else, I'll do that. But um, let's not, you know, let's not get too crazy with it. So Absolutely. Uh, those are the uh, five myths of our social media. And I know this was, that was a little bit more geared towards, um, you know, I guess you could say just your coaches involved, but I think we've uh, overall, I think this is a good, uh, definitely a good discussion on just social media in general um, throughout the whole landscape of the programs and uh whether youth, pro, juniors, college, you know, whatever. Um, so, I mean, again, thank you to Brittany for coming on and uh, talking with us. Uh, anything uh, you want to hit on, Coach, before we uh, sign off here? No, I just I, – my last thing, we actually sent out an email this morning to our teams at, at the youth level, not our junior teams, uh, to do a Hockey Shop Challenge. And I saw we have a new app. Uh, a friend shared it with me where you can track your team, every kid's shooting. and we're, you know, we're talking about social media. We're talking about technology. Uh, let's get on that, utilizing those apps, and let's get some hockey shot challenges going because there's no better place to you know improve your game at a minimal cost than off the ice shooting. And you got a great summer here ahead of you. You can get you can get a tan. You can be outside. Uh, you can be in flip flops, and you can rip some pucks and improve your game. And um, you know, we, I remember the interview was with Rick Tockett on Spit and Chicklets about three, four months ago. And he said he made a big jump when he was a pro hockey player from like when he was 23 to 24 or something like that, that range. And he went from like being a 20 goal scorer to like a 40 goal scorer, uh, just because he said, well, I want to shoot X amount of pucks every day, all summer in my parents' backyard. And he did it. Uh, so if it works for the pros, it can work for anybody. Yeah, no, for sure. I think, and again, that's maybe another you know, topic for another time, you know, a whole show on just apps, but, uh, we've, I've used those before. Um, 
I don't remember which specific one you guys are, you were put in the email today. I don't know. Maybe I didn't even get the email. Maybe I'm now getting excommunicated from uh, your email groups. But uh, no, this, um, was, this was just our Wolves teams. That's all. Oh, that's why. Okay. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I thought I was still cool. But uh, anyhow, yeah. So, no, we, well, we've well, done. What, what birth year are you? Uh, well, I'm an 89, unfortunately. So, uh, yeah, I guess I'm I guess I missed that boat. Maybe in another life. Senior league. We got you. Got you. Got you. The U forty team. <laughs> I'm on the senior league team. They brought in the the Chicago one. Uh, yeah. No, we've used those before. I uh, used that one time one season with my peewees that I had. Uh, it was they just tracked their their shots, and I had one kid, unbelievable number. I I couldn't even tell you what it was, but it it was like almost triple the next kid, and. I believed it because I saw his shot improve, and it's amazing how much you can improve in certain areas off the ice. Yeah. Um, and his parents would tell me, like, he literally just gets home from school and goes down in the basement and just shoots puck after puck. And then, like, we hear it. Like, we want him to stop at times because it's just so <laughs> loud. But I, the kid was great. Uh, great shooter. Great, uh, you know, really – improve so and again it's something where you can just go out and have fun too you don't have to do it all day we're not and it's up to you like you know it's if you're having a contest i think that's even you know that's cool but uh no that's awesome i think that's uh fantastic you guys are using that and um definitely uh i think we can talk about the an app maybe an app session uh here you know at least a Maybe maybe toss that in a mailbag or something soon but uh absolutely yeah actually uh the uh, i'm trying to think here Anything else coming up big for the Wolves anytime soon? I mean, you know, you just got back from, you know, doing your European tour, so... Uh... No, I'm headed out to Denver, like, uh, uh, this week here I'm in New Hampshire, then I'm headed out to Denver for that, that USJDP camp. It's run by Mike Gempler out at the University of Denver. That's always a good camp. I had some great coaches, Johnny Roger and Jason Franzone I worked with last year. They were a lot of fun. Uh, so I'm doing that again. That's going to be nice. uh, a week-long camp starting on the on 24th or 25th. Um, and I always get a lot, like, like we talked about earlier, like you get a lot from other coaches. So I really enjoy that experience because, you know, I'll pick up two or three new drills and uh, get to meet another connection that, you know, maybe there's a player down the road. I say, Hey, Jason, this is a good kid for your program. Or John says to me, Hey, I got a U16 kid that's looking to play in the EHL. And uh, that network makes a big difference. Awesome. That's uh sounds like fun. Yeah. How about yourself, Trevor? Actually, I'm going to, uh, I'll be uh, heading up to Ann Arbor, uh, myself and uh, my fellow mentor, Randy Jordan. We're uh, heading up to uh, TCS Live. We're going to meet at the coach's site live. So if you want an autograph oh, cool. and you're listening right now, uh, I'm just kidding. I will probably be the least known, and which is fine, which it should be. Uh, I am nothing to brag about uh, besides having an awesome uh podcast and podcasting partner here but uh <laughs> um no i'm looking really forward to it uh they've released uh basically who the whole agenda like the whole who they have coming out and it's i mean some big names who are some uh, of the names oh god you're gonna now put me on the spot about it sorry, sorry. well i do know uh i believe mr mike babcock's gonna be there That'd uh be interesting talking about uh yeah that is the last one i think um, talking about the gold medal, uh, game that he was the head coach in. Um, I know we've got, you know, Mitch Aguirre is going to be doing one. I believe Dan Arnell's or Arnell's going to be doing one. Let me see here. So we got, uh, I mean, we've got a ton. We've got, uh, you know, Dan Arnell. Um, you know, we have P- coach Pete DeBoer of the, uh, 
on the first night with the Dallas Stars. Um, we've got uh, head coach of the female uh, Chechia's uh, world hockey team. Uh, uh, her name is Carla McLeod. Um, we have, let's see what else we got here. We got Ryan Huska, the new head coach of the Calgary Flames. Wow. Uh, I mean, just we've got so many different people here. Um, that, uh, again, it's gonna be really cool. There's a lot of different, you know, John Riley is going to be there. Um, just so many Derek Lande, uh, the, you know, the Red Wings, uh, head coach. Um, so again, it's gonna, it's, I'm really looking forward to it. A lot of great topics. Um, a lot of great, uh, people just also able to network and, you know, really kind of just see what's out there. It's, uh, my first time. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to it. So that's great. I'm sure you have a blast, and uh, you'll come away with that uh, that great information, and and that, that'll be an even a discussion point on our next podcast. So that's good yeah. stuff, buddy. No, for sure. Actually, I got Brandon Narado here, uh, Glenn uh, Goldson. Man, I'm I'm missing the ball here. We've got uh, you know best-selling author uh, Jody Carrington. Man, I I should probably just stop reading it day by day and just like. Cause I just keep pumping myself up even more. Ken Martell is going to be there. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. And, uh, I mean, again, I, I'm not going to go through anyone. I don't want anyone who's listening, uh, to feel disgraced. Um, because I, we didn't say them, but I will say that, uh, looks like Mike Babcock and, uh, Elliot Friedman. I don't know if they're going to be there or not, but, uh, that's who it looks like. They're going to have a interview of, so, uh, about that gold medal game. So, hey, at the end of the day, I'm looking forward to it. Again, as you said, you know, the opportunity to learn, uh, network, talk with other coaches, you know, put some uh, actual faces to the Twitter handle names that I've been dealing with and uh, or not dealing with, but getting to know. So look forward to it. So uh, outside of that, Coach, uh, you have a good one, and uh, we'll definitely look forward to talking to you with uh, everything else coming up here. Sounds good, Trevor. Thanks All for right. tuning in, guys. Yep, have you on.